Hey everybody, welcome back to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio, and this is episode number 141, May of 2021. Our guest this month is Deborah Kaufman, playwright of the first of our plays featuring roles for women over 50. Deborah's play is called Free Hugs. We received well over 75 submissions to our call, and Deborah stood out from the first. We hope you'll be as thrilled with it as we were. We'll have a short interview with Deborah immediately following the reading, so stick around. So without further ado. Free Hugs by Deborah Kaufman. Kate, a woman in her 40s to 50s, is being played by Rose Burnett Bonsick. Martha, Kate's older sister in her 50s to 60s, is played by Mara Dresner. It's a sunny day in a mid-sized city in North Carolina. It's early morning. The two sisters are at a farmer's market, browsing. Aren't you glad we came to the market early? We'll have the pick of everything while it's fresh. I need another coffee. I'm not used to East Coast time yet. And you scored that great basket. I love it. That guy over there is the first homeless person I've seen since I've been here. We do have homeless people in North Carolina, Martha. In Chicago, they're on every street corner. You'll see them in the most bitter cold. It's terrible. That's Tree. He's kind of a regular around town. Look, he's putting up a sign. Free hugs. Don't make eye contact. It's kind of a cool idea. Cool. Kind of retro. My, my yoga teacher says we need four hugs a day to survive, eight to keep us in well-being, and 12 to thrive. She has us hug ourselves several times in class. That's because it still isn't safe to hug other people. We've had vaccines for over a year. It's time to get over the paranoia, don't you think? You can't be too careful. The vaccine is not 100% effective, and any virus is guaranteed to mutate. Plus, with all the anti-vaxxers, he probably is one. Looks like he hasn't had a shower in weeks. True. Looks pretty happy, though. Peaceful. Oh, look! That woman is giving him a hug. Want to go over? Hell no! I haven't fought my whole life setting boundaries to have some stranger get a hug from me. You make it sound like he'd be stealing from you. Aren't you curious? It's probably a ploy. Like what? Like you get the hug for free and nothing's free in this world. Then he asks for money. I wonder if the vendors give him food. I could buy him a muffin or something. Or... He could be a conceptual artist, you know, like Marcel Duchamp. Who? The French surrealist. In the 1917 Paris art show, he entered a urinal, titled it Fountain, as if it were a sculpture. Or, or maybe your guy, Tree. He's not my guy. He's offering his body as some kind of commentary, like Kafka's hunger artist. Remind me? It's a story about an artist who traps himself in a cage for the public to view. 
People gather every day to watch him slowly starve himself to death. That's grim. That's Kafka. Or maybe this is guerrilla theater to make some obscure political point. Which is? I don't know. To see who's a true free spirit. Or maybe some someone hired him, like a social studies grad student. They could be recording people's reactions. Or maybe he's the student posing as a homeless person. A social experiment. Interesting. It makes me wonder about my own reactions. Would I be more likely to hug him if he was cleaner? What if he was of a different race or was really old? Would I be more or less likely? What if he was a Hare Krishna or was wearing a Confederate flag t-shirt? Just don't make eye contact. For God's sake, Martha, you sound like mom. He's probably just lonely. Hugging is an intimate way to communicate. Who wants to get intimate with a stranger? Why don't we just ask him? For God's sakes, Kate, what's wrong with you? Didn't you learn anything from the pandemic? I just want to talk to him. It's an act of faith to make himself vulnerable like this. It's reckless. Beyond the contagious disease factor, there's the whole sexual issue. Think about it. Women being coerced into giving a man hugs. I don't see coercion. You usually don't. Remember when the Kiwanis had that kissing booth? No? You were too young. They had this booth at the county fair where anyone could pay a dollar for a kiss from a high school girl. God forbid if some creep gave you a sloppy French kiss or groped you. Gross. Of course, the girls did not get the money. It's all for charity. You weren't in the kissing booth. Hell no. When I was student council president, we stopped that shit. What your guy Tree is offering is not all that different. A financial exchange for bodily contact, assuming people give him a donation. And I do not appreciate your comparing me to mom. Did I? Well, we both have her in us. You didn't know her the way I did. You were always the good girl. Well, I just never got caught. She could never handle me. She didn't know how to deal with complexity. With her, everything was reduced to the simplest common denominator. Trust in Jesus. I'm praying for you. Why are you so upset? I don't know. I feel really wound up. Want to smoke a little? You brought some? Yes. Kate lights a joint. They smoke. What's going on with you? Talking about mom got me agitated. Why? Did you ever wonder about the timing of her conversion when she saw the light and got baptized in that evangelical church? What about it? You probably don't remember the parties mom and dad had. Vaguely loud voices and a haze of cigarette smoke. That was a heavy drinking crowd. 
Anyways, there's something I never told you. Oh. No. What? This big New Year's Eve party. I was asleep. And the next thing I knew, these huge hands were pawing at me under my nightgown. This heavy weight. I couldn't get my breath. I tried to scream, but no sound came out. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Where, where was I? Safe and sound in your room with your stuffed animals. Oh, Martha. God, I still remember the reek of liquor and cigarettes, his nauseating aftershave. Anyways, light flooded in and I heard mom say, what in the world? Then what happened? I don't know. I blinked it out. What's really weird is mom never said a word to me about it. Not then. Not ever. At times I thought I dreamed it all. I don't know if she ever told dad. Dad would have done something to the guy. I don't know. They were always so afraid of scandal. He would have confronted the guy in private. I know he would have. Who did it? Alan Parker. Big guy in the Kiwanis. A town booster, ex-jock type. A real gladhander. Lived on Ames Circle? Married to that mousy woman, Maribel, Mary Lou, Mary... Yes. Butter wouldn't melt. Mary Louise, I think. How old were you? Thirteen. I knew even then that Mom was out of her depth. Just talking about it, I feel it again. The shame rushing through my body. My shame and hers. God, this is so terrible. There were no more parties. Mom joined that church and nothing ever happened to that bastard. He lived in Slater as if he died a few years ago. I wish you would have told me. You were way too young. Later, I mean. It's not something I wanted to talk about. I saw a therapist for years. I dealt with it, moved on. So that was before the Kiwanis kissing booth? Yes never thought of that connection before. The kissing booth was probably his idea, the fucking pervert. But you got it stopped. I hate that it happened. And you carried the secret all this time. I'm glad you told me. Me too. Is it okay if I hug you? 
Absolutely. Yes. Kate hugs Martha. I can feel a weight lifting from my shoulders. Wow. This weed is intense. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yay, the music is starting. I love the feel of the sun on my skin. Watching the leaves sway in the breeze. Hanging with my sis. I have tried to forgive her. Mom. Maybe something like that happened to her when she was a girl. She had those weird cousins. I've wondered about that. We'll never know now. Can you imagine a world where one half of the population didn't have to be afraid of the other half or suspicious of their motives? Anyone could just give a person a hug and that would be that. One human being connecting to another. What if that's what Tree is doing? He's on a spiritual quest or something and is just practicing giving away love. Martha looks at Tree, really sees him for the first time. The light around her shifts, glows like an aura. Kate follows Martha's gaze. What are you looking at? Tree. He's dancing. He is a beautiful dancer. Kind of mesmerizing. He has the most beatific expression on his face. I can't describe it. We look directly at each other of a long moment. It was, wow. I don't know how else to say it. Soul to soul. Whoa. This music's great. Feel like dancing? People are joining in. I don't know. You go ahead. Come on. Be a come with girl. Please. It will feel so good to just give in to the music. Dance with me. Okay. Martha smiles. They dance. End of play. That was the play Free Hugs by Deborah Kaufman. The role of Kate was played by Rose Burnett Bonsek. Martha was played by Mara Dresner. Stage directions were provided by Maura Stevens. And the reading was directed by Ithaca acting legend Milo Bohack.
We spoke with Deborah, and she explained to us how the play got its beginning and how much of her work finds its way into her creative brain. Congratulations on writing such a lovely, wonderful play. We, as soon as we got this, we absolutely fell in love with it and decided mm. we had to do it. Let's talk about, because you mentioned in a previous interview, especially on, um, on Artist Soapbox, you mentioned this, uh, about the serendipity of inspiration. And I think you're like me in a certain way. You don't have a list of things that you want or need to write about. Sometimes things just come at you out of the ether and they resonate. Um, I mean, I've had that happen to me so many times. I, I can't even begin to, to talk about it. Is that the situation with this particular play? And where did it come from? Where did Free Hugs come from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, um, a poet friend of mine in my, I'm in a group called the Black Sox Poet, and one of the poets, Florence Nash, brought a poem about an, this incident where there was a man in the um, farmer's market offering free hugs. And I said, oh, that would make a great short play. And she said, go for it. And so that was the impetus for it. Mm -hmm. And um because she was saying, we talked in the group about our own responses, you know, how would I respond? How would you respond to that? Um, and it was, you know, such an array of answers and, um, and, and depending on this, and then also just why is he doing it? You know, just that all of that. And so I thought um, it would be a perfect setup for two friends or in this case, sisters to have different reactions and then explore why like i'm always interested in subtext and psychology behind right. the way we act yeah because there are always reasons for the way we act and many times we don't even know them it's just instinctual exactly. it's reaction it's Absolutely. conditioning yeah yeah i i used to live in ithaca new york which is um i'd say a, a left-leaning town um in more cynical moments i would say it's where old hippies and volvos go to die um <laughs> And we have one of the best farmer's markets I've ever seen. And occasionally you'll see, usually women, okay, walking around with a sign that says free hugs. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I, I come from New York City where, you know, we, we live on crowded subway trains in 100 degree heat. And the last thing you want from anybody, especially a stranger, is a hug. Because gosh knows what, you know, there's your wallet there. What's going to happen? <laughs> And so many alarm bells go off. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I was attracted to this play so much is because this was dealt with. And um, by the way, I've never taken a free hug from anybody. I, suppose <laughs> I, have a, I have a long way to go when it comes to trusting my fellow human beings. Um, but I thought it was a, just a nice thorough way of getting past what's stopping you from relating to random strangers mm -hmm. and the things that put us off the distances between us and I think playwriting I think theater is a way of and I'm supposed to be interviewing you instead of instead of me <laughs> talking like this of getting past those differences what do you think about that absolutely I that's one of the things I love about theater is that and I really miss not being able to be there physically this these past 14 months or however hey, long it's been. You and me both. Yeah, that that shared there's nothing like that shared experience mm -hmm. of of a lot 
of live, the intimacy, the, the work that the actors have put in to portray these words that you've put down that are just flat words on black and white until they're embodied. And to share that experience with other people, whether it's your own work or, or, or another play, I, the, the free song that you feel vibrating when something's really working. That's yeah. just, yeah. It's, it, it's a magic. It's a piece of magic. It, it is. It, it's, that's the one thing I miss most. And um, I try and write every day. I don't, but I try. I'm mm -hmm. always thinking about what it is I'm trying to do because I need to stay within theater because I need it. And the thing I miss most is being in a rehearsal room, being on a stage, talking yeah. about this line. How should I do that word? What does yeah. the playwright want? Oh, never mind. The director wants this. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I love, I love, I love collaborating. That's yeah. even though I'm a very um, introverted person, um, and I and writing is a very solitary act. When you, that's the difference between writing a one of the differences between writing a poem and writing a play is that you, your play gets to be a collaborative work. And then all these people with their many, many talents and good questions uh, are, are, all, are, are all participating with you in the final product. And yeah. that's, it's just fun to work with creative people. <laughs> I love it. I mean, have you ever sat there and watched your play go up and realized that they're doing a play different than you had imagined? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of a sudden there were these different people embodying characters that you gave birth to. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned so much about my play. Um, exactly. Exactly. And you have a certain character in mind. Um, and then the actor and the director are bringing uh, their experiences and maybe seeing it. Like I just had a conversation recently with somebody who's doing a short play of mine. And she said, do you think, how do you, what do you think if I make this character sharp, you know, sh have sharp edges? And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, I hadn't seen it. And I'm yeah. like, I think that would be fun to explore. Yeah. So I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those, I didn't know I did that. <laughs> you mentioned poetry which which did you start first po was it oh, playwriting started, for you or poetry yeah i started poetry um i started keeping a journal when i was really young in like ninth grade or something right. and then when i got to college well actually i discovered anais nin anais nin um her diaries and i realized that a diary could be a work of art when i read which about her life and i thought oh okay and then I went to uh, University of Iowa, which is nothing but, I mean, not nothing but writers, but right. because of the writers workshop, there are so many writers. And so it was sort of like in the air, like, oh, okay, why don't I try poetry? And all my friends are trying it out. And um, that, so I, I had never written until I, until I took a class there. And there's just something that really fit with my personality, I think, and um, the way that I, experienced emotion and the way that I um, and this goes with playwriting too uh, as a as a really young girl I really was good at eavesdropping on the women especially on the women the men seemed to me to be less interesting in my family but the women um, 
you know, when they'd get together, there there was always this hush. They'd look, you know, and I would be so quiet playing in the corner, they forgot I was there. And that's when you'd hear the real stuff, you know, and not just gossip, but just the emotion, like the intimate things that were happening. And I, and so I feel like a lot of my poetry is like eavesdropping, you know, when I write about other Mm -hmm. characters. Yeah. Yeah. And same with playwriting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I find it's a lot of eavesdropping. I tend to write in coffee shops. um, Oh yeah. Because not, well, it is eavesdropping. But I'm not actively eavesdropping. I'm listening to the rhythm. I'm listening to the intensity. I'm listening to what one person has to tell somebody else. Mm. Um, And that reminds me and equips me with the tools that I need to give a genuineness to my characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've tried poetry. I'm absolutely lousy at it. uh, I can barely do a limerick. Uh, for me it's see it it's one of the things that's always fascinated me I, I went to school with a bunch of poets and when I hear it it makes perfect sense and I understand it and I sit there and I think wow that is a way of thinking about the world I could not possibly have imagined but to be able to see things like that and put it into a brevity of observation mm-hmm is amazing to me is it's what's the difference in thinking between writing a play or writing a poem i mean have you ever had the decision where this particular thing you wanted to write about could have been either yeah in fact um i the reason i even considered i never took a playwriting class i i never even thought about writing a play um but i had a voice that started um, and it, it was it, it was a monologue. It was a dramatic monologue, but it was I realized that there was a, a whole story that I wanted to tell behind this voice. That's where it started. Yeah. And so then I just fumbled through my first full-length play. Yeah. didn't write a short play or anything. I was just totally feeling my way through. And um, but it was, it was really, it was, it's sort of like your writing can run away from you because you're, you've got these voices. And so you're writing really fast and um, then you have to go back, of course. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I think, I think there's a more storytelling that you get to do in a play, obviously. or a different kind of storytelling, maybe I should say. I would go yeah. with different, because um, there's a lot of poetry that I've heard that have, that has left indelible images on my mind about the way people behave yeah, and the way things happen. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about the same thing and come out with two completely different stories mm-hmm. through the words of a poet mm-hmm. and watching a scene unfold yes and it's 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 in good poetry it unfolds in slow motion Mm. um and one of the things i really am interested in that does resonate with poetry and um playwriting is gesture 
Okay, so how are we using our bodies? And so when I think about a character, I have in my mind how he or she behaves, you know, through gesture. Um, are they somebody who's urging somebody else along in a conversation? Are they somebody who sits back? Is it somebody who's got lots of talking with their hands? Whatever that happens to be. I, and I think part of that comes from, I love those old noir black and white films from the 40s. And mm. um, I think about Lauren Bacall or Betty Davis with the cigarette and the gesture of lighting a cigarette or mm. taking off of an elbow length glove. And, and so a, an actor can bring those kinds of things. I mean, it can be in the poem, but also yeah. I just think I'm really interested in that because we're conveying not, you know, that whole idea about our words only convey whatever it is, 15% to another person and our body yeah. is yeah. giving like 85% or whatever of the message. And sometimes it's saying two different things. Well, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's fascinating, too. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, everything from deceit to um, repressed, unacknowledged emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The combination of the two gives the sum total of what's actually happening in that particular moment. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's why I love theater. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> the other thing about free hugs was it takes place in the time of COVID right and i'm a huggy kind of person you know I've, I've been doing theater forever and whenever we have a moment we have a rehearsal somebody's done some good work and we've shared a moment we hug mm -hmm. um and it's just it's just a moment of you know a small way of saying i love you thank you for being here at this particular point in my life whatever mm -hmm. and now we can't do that anymore you know for the time yeah. being until things get better and i have no doubt they will it's just taking time yeah, um, yeah. But, I know when I, when I started that play, it was pre-COVID. And then when COVID hit, I was like, okay, um, clearly I'm going to have to have this set just after because mm. <laughs> for all those reasons, yep. and which actually gave it a whole different dimension because that was one more reason for Marza to say, you know, that was one more message. Uh, um what's the word I want argument, I guess, yeah. in her armament, you know, I can name those people sure. are not all vaccinated yet. That was where yeah. it starts. And then we go deeper and deeper and deeper into what else is going on with her. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a way in. Um, okay. I'm not going to keep you much longer, but there was one thing I read in your bio, which I clicked on the link and the link didn't come up. So you might want to look at that. But I have to ask you this. What is a detasseler? Yes, I noticed that that was that was broken and I had to go back and um, I actually got the file from it. A detasseler, I grew up in the rural Midwest. And okay. when, I, when I lived in Iowa, um, something in, in middle, well, junior high school and then into early high school, a summer job. And it was the work that the girls did. The boys did different farm work. Um, you have it. There's a lot of hybrid corn, and a lot of where we lived was a lot of popcorn, hybrid popcorn, probably Orville Redenbacher stuff. Yeah, and probably. so you don't want any um, 
cross-pollination to happen. So you've got to pull, somebody's got to remove the, the flower, not the stuff you see when you buy in your corn, but when it's growing, there's a tassel at the very top. Yeah, that's the, the silk. And a pollinate, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the silk is at the bottom. Okay. So you have to pop that flower off um, so it won't pollinate, those are the female, so it won't, female won't pollinate the male or male, whatever. And so there were these machines that we rode on and um, we moved very, very slowly and pops mm. off the tassels. <laughs> There's so much to life that I don't know about. <laughs> There's a play in that somewhere or possibly. Yes, there must be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Kaufman, this has been lovely it's, it's so wonderful to yes, speak with you, you and thank you so very very much for free hugs oh you're so welcome i'm just so pleased that you're able to do it and i'm looking forward to being able to hear it uh well you will just cycle back to the beginning of, of this particular episode and you'll hear it all over okay. again thank you take care Hey kids, thanks for listening to On Stage Off Stage. On Stage Off Stage is produced monthly, and all of our shows can be found at onstageoffstage.org and also on iTunes. If you enjoy what we do, please recommend us to your friends. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at OnOffStage. And if you are a theater artist with an upcoming project of interest or work in a part of theater we haven't covered yet, or know someone in the theater who would make really good chat, send us a note at info at onstageoffstage.org. Onstage Offstage believes in and advocates for a world where all people are free to live their lives as they wish, in peace and without fear. We believe in universal respect, diversity, and equality in all areas of life for all people, no matter what their nationality, race, religion, age, sexual status, or gender. Onstage Offstage will never promote or endorse those who seek to diminish others because of who they are. I'm George Sapio. Thank you once again for listening, and please, kids, stay safe. Be careful for yourself and for those with whom we share this rock. And as always, happy theatering to all of you. <laughs>